Conversation cussing and a discussion with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this 14th day of November 2022. This is the Horn. Head on .live is where you find us on the interweb tubes. And uh, that, of course, is uh, where you go. If you'd like to be part of the Merry Wacky Zimmy real-time madcap multimedia extravaganza, that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round, and whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast, thank you for joining in. Thank you for being part of this amazing little community. Thank you so very much. It is a joy. You're what makes this all worth doing. You're what makes this pleasure and uh, and an honor yeah. hi i'm robin it's moran monday and we got us some morans but i don't want to get ahead of myself because every program here at the horn begins with gratitude and this program is no different and so we say thanks to our 12th 13th and 14th day of the month subscribers via PayPal, that is. And that means we say thanks to... Uh, we, say, we say thanks uh, to Matt in San Francisco and to Ralphs. And we say thank you to Paul and Gary and Gaia and to Gary in New York also, again, we say twi- we say we say thanks to Paul twice. And so, where the program stands right now in terms of the continued month-to-month uh, effort to remain a, a, a remain viable—that's uh, you know, coming up on twenty years of it. Um, we are at eight hundred and. 
$840 to go. $840 is the fundraising goal, and uh, it would be great to knock a lot of that out because it's eh, well, bill time, and it's uh, gotten cold here, which means that that cheap coal-fried electricity is going to absolutely wear, me, wear, wear us out here. Oh, and uh, by the way, if you pop by the chat room uh, just this instant while the program's running live, you'll be greeted by early arrivers uh, uh, Squeaky and Irish Dave and Anatole and capably moderated by longtime inveterate, indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky, who, being a third-stage guild navigator, has in fact folded space to become Man Cave. And I'm sure uh, there will be a, a, a lovely... Uh, um, fantastic conversation taking place there this evening. Uh, by the way, uh, Khalil, hi Khalil, uh, sent me a, a, a an election return from one particular district today. It is the uh, first congressional district of Texas, and it's a perfect lead-in to Moran Monday. You might recall that the 1st Congressional District of Texas has been somewhat of a, uh, a, a point of interest for us over the years. I say that because the 1st Congressional District is the district that has uh, for, for long and long been represented by none other than <sighs> Louis Asparagus Gomert, the Goomer. Well, you know, he ran against Ken Paxton for attorney general and lost because even Texans realized they'd rather have mean than stupid in the attorney general's office, and they've certainly got mean. And so that put him out of uh, put him out of the House of Representatives. And so there was a contest to be his replacement. And a guy named uh, Jamar Jefferson was the Democratic nominee. But given that this is the first congressional district of Texas, he never had a snowball's chance in hell. And he was defeated 78% to 21% by none other than, and it's the first congressional district of Texas, so why is anyone surprised, by a Moran this being more in Monday, this seemed especially apt, and thank you, Khalil, for noticing and thinking the same way. Yes, uh, the people, and I use the term loosely, of the 1st Congressional District of Texas have selected Nathaniel Moran to represent them going forward. And you just know this guy's got to be a real Lulu, because you don't replace the, you don't replace one of the stupidest members of Congress with uh, a normal person, because that would be out of character for the first congressional district of Texas. Nathaniel Moran uh, garnered one hundred seventy-seven thousand seven hundred and fifty-three votes to Jamar Jefferson's forty-nine thousand eight hundred and seventy-seven. So that would be quite an anthropological experiment because, you know, we, talk, we talked 
about wanting to, you know, someday visit the first, not me and that mouse in my pocket, I mean all of us, uh, It were to visit the first congressional district and sort of, you know, quietly observe these these people who select someone like Louis Gohmert or Nathaniel Moran in in the wild. Um, Lord, that's uh. Yeah, I mean, really, that's the god. You know, that that's the goddess of irony, just being uh, really um, too kind, too good. Yes, Ralph says, "LOL." Amorian goes to the house. <laughs> Another one. Ha! <laughs> Get a brain, Morans. You know, that meme has been out there for so long, it probably isn't even remembered anymore. There are people who, there are people who, in, in, within our community who probably don't know why this is Moran Monday. Because it goes all the way back to the initial resistance to Bush War II, you know, when George W. Bush invaded the nation of Iraq and slaughtered a million innocent civilians. Uh, and there was a counter-protest to an anti-war protest and a dude bro with a do-rag and he was wearing, I think, a St. Louis Cardinals t-shirt held up a, pl- a sign that said, Get a brain Morans. M-O-R-A-N-S, utterly oblivious to the fact that he himself was demonstrating himself as a moron in his own right. So, uh, it's, uh, we at least get to start uh, this program with, uh, with a giggle. But giggles are going to be in rather short supply, I'm afraid, considering what we also have to consider. Oh, dear. The NRA's roulette wheel of death spun and spun and stopped tragically. in Charlottesville, Virginia. Because we can't have, we can't have a weekend in Merca without a mass shooting. And of course, we say the same thing we say every time there's one of these. Don't worry, gun owners. Nobody's going to do a damn thing about it because... Well, your guns are more than more important than anyone's lives. In the case of Charlottesville, Jesus Christ, 
a lawful gun owner, a, a student of the University of Virginia, and, and hey, Ron and Raleigh, if you're listening, I know how badly this hurts because uh, Ron is a proud son of Mr. Jefferson's University. Um, three members of the University of Virginia Cavaliers football team. Wide receivers Lavelle Davis Jr. and Devin Chandler and linebacker Deshaun Perry all lost their lives in this in this in this uh, attack, this murder. There was a busload of UVA students. They had gone on a field trip to D.C. to see a play. So that makes me think it was either an English class or a theater class. Maybe that, maybe, having having been to a couple of, who knows? Maybe they had been to uh, see a, a Shakespeare play performed. Um, Ferg and I went to see. Um, what was it? The second part of Henry the Fourth, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because uh, Stacy Keach, who had once played Prince Hal, was playing Falstaff this time through, and he was wonderful. And the Hotspur, the guy who played Hotspur, was good, and the guy who played the Henry the Fourth was good, and the young Prince Hal was. Excellent. Speculating, speculating. Um, the, 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 the lawful gun owner killed three of his uh, three teammates and uh, injured two others. The lawful gun owner was one Christopher Darnell Jones, Jr. He had also been a member of the football team. Uh, He was uh, listed on the 2018 roster as a running back, but he uh, he never saw action. The president of the university... Um... Jim Ryan said that uh, there was no knowledge at that point in time about a motive. Memorials are going up for the three slain football players. It all happened about 10.30 last night as the Students returned to the campus there in Charlottesville. The students are naturally in shock. And I hate, I hate the things that I think when these things happen. Because I... I'm so attuned to wingnut speak 
that I can almost predict what will be said before it's predicted or maybe without looking around so much, maybe it's already been said. This will be referred to sickly as black-on-black crime because now we have progressed to the point where our young male shooters are not always disaffected young white men. Sometimes it's a disaffected young black man. I think emphasis on disaffected. I'm guessing no one took him to Burger King. I haven't seen any current photographs of him, so I don't know. Uh, He was taken into custody alive. Uh, That's my understanding. Of the two other students who were injured, one is in critical condition, the other is in good condition. And shelter-in-place orders were issued for the students on campus. Banners have gone up on fraternity houses and sorority houses and the like, uh, bearing the numbers 1, 15, and 41, and the three slain football players' initials. And uh, a search was on to find the shooter, the lawful gun owner. Let's let's refer to him as he, the lawful gun owner. And he was taken into custody uh, this morning, a little bit before 11 a.m. Um, at present. Uh, Christopher Darnell Jones is being held on uh, three counts of second-degree murder and three counts of using a handgun in the commission of a felony. Now, uh, here's the thing. Um... It turns out there was a a reason, there was a reason to be concerned about this shooting, this shooter, because uh, at one point in time, Christopher Darnell Jones had talked about the fact that he had a gun. But law enforcement and university officials said uh, he didn't make a threat. He was also involved in a hazing investigation. But all of the witnesses clammed up, so that one went nowhere. And then uh, in a different city, back in February 2021, there was a concealed weapon violation. 
he was reported he was required as a student to report that but he never did um The White House issued a statement. President and First Lady are mourning with the University of Virginia community after yet another deadly shooting in America has taken the lives of three young people. Our deepest condolences are with the countless families, friends, and neighbors grieving for those killed as well as those injured in this senseless shooting. It's worth remembering that the House of Representatives passed an actual assault weapons ban this past July and then it went over to the Senate where it died in a pool of blood and dust and withered away to nothing on the desk of Addison Moscow Mitch McConnell the most awful thing to ever creep, crawl, slither or slime out of Colbert County, Alabama. The statement from the White House also said, we need to enact an assault weapons ban to get weapons of war off America's streets. House Democrats acted, and the Senate should follow. Well, we've got a little bit better chance of that happening now. As we wait for the Georgia runoff, and we hope, we hope, that... uh, Voters in Georgia will not rest upon their laurels, but will instead do what they did in 2020 again and return Senator Reverend Raphael Warnock to the Senate and give us a a 51-49 majority and hopefully... We will not rest upon our uh, our laurels, and particularly Democrats in Georgia, voters in Georgia. Because it really matters. That one extra senator makes a ton of difference. Among other things, having one more senator, having it be 51 to 49, means that there need be no power-sharing arrangement with Moscow Mitch. It makes him, it puts him truly in the minority and limits his ability to hurt America more than it has been in the past couple of years. So the stakes are still immense in the Senate. And it also means, uh, and, and this is a new term, uh, thank you, Joy in Ann Arbor. Um, it means that only one of uh, those two who are now that have since been coined the chaos the chaos muppets namely curtsy and kirsten cinema and joe to the mansion born uh only one of them truly makes a difference 
and we we can and and they're both up for re-election in 24 and the campaign has already started so yeah the stakes are incredibly high as we move toward the Georgia runoff I should note that the uh, Maggots in Arizona, uh, as it gets closer and closer to appearing that uh, Carrie Lake will not be uh, the governor of that state, as that state grows closer and closer to turning blue, um, well, the maggots uh, in in, uh, Arizona are having a conniption because... No one conniptions like maggots conniption. I had a uh, I had a clip earlier, and this is uh, this is from Maricopa County, Arizona. As maggots march up and down the street carrying their crosses and their Bibles and their flags, you know, just like we were warned that when fascism comes to America, it will be wrapped in a flag and carrying a cross or something like that. Uh, So, yeah, here we go. There's a woman wrapped in a flag and another one carrying and another one carrying a cross and she's got her hands in the air. Remember uh, uh, for our offertory hymn on uh, on uh, Wednesdays the minister of music sings wave those donations in the air, you know, they put their hands up in the air. Uh, yeah, uh, cuz they're whatever. But this was the scene in Maricopa County. Unmute it, Robin. I want all of you to say a prayer right now. We the people are requesting military step in and redo our election. It was fake and false. It's full of, our government is full of corrupt people. Voter fraud, Carrie Lake for governor, send in the military. Well, it's clear that that maggot never made it out of uh, ninth grade civics. There's nothing really in the Constitution about sending in the military when one side doesn't like the outcome of an election. But there did, well, I mean, maggot's going to maggot. And, of course, the head maggot is having a conniption, too. Uh, fresh off, fresh off poor uh, poor Tiffania's uh, wedding this past weekend. Nitwit Nero took time to uh, uh, to uh, bark and grunt and moan on his uh, failing social media platform. Because uh, Katie Hobbs presently is leading 
Carrie Lake by about 20,000 votes for governor. Uh, there are still a lot of ballots to be counted in the suburbs of Phoenix, in Maricopa County, and in the uh, greater Tucson area in Pima County. Um, he's uh, uh, he, he he moaned. Our elections have become an unreliable joke, and the whole world is watching. I assume everyone is watching Arizona as the great Kerry Lake's easy election win is slowly yet systematically being drained away from her and from the American people. Believe me, this is a very sad thing to watch. Mail-in ballots, long election counts, many-day elections, machines that very few people understand, massive counting centers, and more are an American disaster. You know, if you didn't know better, you'd almost think that he only wants his uh, weird little mouth-breathing, knuckle-walking followers to be the ones who can vote. Yeah, I know. And uh, George, George Conway observed uh, recently that... Uh, in speaking with um, Chris Hayes at, uh, at MSNBC and All In, I, he said, uh, well, j- just check it out. I want to I want to bring in a prominent conservative attorney, former Republican George Conway. And, and George, we've seen in the wake of this a huge. Well, you're smiling. I can see the the, the, the schadenfreude is beaming through the remote the remote location but we we have seen um a huge amount of a conservative angst b pivoting towards desantis particularly from the murdoch empire which seems to have like gotten a uniform memo about this and c just the recognition that donald trump is you pay a price electorally for donald trump is that going to sink in do you think Uh, i think it's sinking in but i don't know whether it's going to result in in Donald Trump being somehow deposed as the leader of this party is going to declare himself a candidate. And if you look at the standpoint, you look at things from the standpoint of Ron DeSantis, it still doesn't quite make sense for him to run because Trump will burn down the party right. um, before he goes away. And he'll burn down whoever is standing next to him on a podium in a debate stage, no matter what. And in order to beat Donald Trump, you have to go after him hammer and tongue. You can't be nice about it. You have to be mean about it. You have to run ads that trigger him the way the Lincoln Project ran ads that triggered him a few years ago, um, two years ago. And you can't, you know, no matter what happens, you're going to end up with 20, 30 percent of the Republican base hating your guts, even if you do manage to beat Trump. But I want to make a point about what you were just talking about. I think the Democrats were a little complicit in the red wave propaganda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and, and for three reasons. One is they have genuine fear Yeah, because of what happened in 2016. Secondly, they wanted a motive to scare their voters into showing up. Right. And, and third, they wanted to lower expectations. And they, I, 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 I think the Democrats actually played this pretty smart. Well, I would, you know, 
I, I, I would not underestimate uh, the, the 2016 PTSD as the driving factor in that. Just, yeah. you know, I, I know a few Democrats have been around them a little bit. Um, and I, I think they're too. Yeah, they, they tend towards the neurotic anyway, but I think that the, the PTSD of 2016 well, yeah. uh, really, really, really exacerbated that. I guess your, your point about burning down the party to me, this is, this is the fundamental point. They have always, I think, thought that Donald Trump was more politically potent than he actually is. But the Correct. actual leverage he has is that he doesn't care about right. the Republican Party or the conservative movement, and he will happily destroy it if it suits him. And they all know that, and he knows they know that. And that's the, that's the dynamite strapped to him that no one's been able to diffuse. That's right. He, he's like a political suicide bomber. I mean, that's the way he has always conducted business with the And look at what, he's, what he said the other day about what happens if he's elected president and Mitch McConnell is majority leader. He said, huh, I'm not going to sign anything until he's gone. I mean, he doesn't care. He'll take the country down first. It's all about him. That's just the way he operates. And that's why, you know, the question is, you, you, if you get, do you want to be within, he's going to blow himself up. Um, and the question is, do you want to be within the blast radius? And so you think, what you're saying is that you think DeSantis, because the problem for DeSantis, right, is if, if you don't move at the right moment, you become Chris Christie. And Chris Christie could have could have could have moved to sh taken a shot in 2012, and he probably would have had a shot at it. And he didn't, and he waited too long, and the moment passed. Um, and then you, you're, what, but what you're you're saying the you counter, think there's a calculation the for him to is, wait. The counter is Trump is going to detonate himself. Right. He doesn't. Don't be around it. You detonate everybody around him. And the other issue is, you know, DeSantis is 44. Yeah, he can he's do got this. Time. He could do this in 2028. He could do this in 2032. He could do it in 2036. And Heck, in this country, you could do it in like 2080. I mean, we, 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 maybe there's some magical uh, uh, elixir. We, we could do this in the 22nd century. Right. But, um, you know, he, he also, he's raising money off of this by pretending to be a possible candidate. And, and if I, if I were DeSantis, the way there, I would that one. is, I would just sit back, keep raising money because these don't. I keep getting not, like these friends who, who who just keep giving money to him because they think he's the next big thing, and just keep raising money and then wait till 2026. Yeah, we'll see. All right, George Conway, thank you very much. Um, Donald Trump had a rough night across the board on Tuesday, but it was particularly bad for him in Michigan, where he actually tried to topple the state's top Democrats, including Secretary... Yeah, I love that. I absolutely adore that. It's particularly bad in Michigan. <sighs> kind of delightful, really. But as far as Arizona is concerned, it's, it's, it's beginning to... Uh, It's beginning to kind of have some um, vibes of like a mini January 6th. Um, the maggots are, as I said, marching in Maricopa County. And Carrie Lake is stoking the bullshit of stolen elections. And they are particularly, uh, the maggots are particularly clustered around counting centers. 
that's where that business about we are calling upon the military to come in and hold another election and make sure nobody but maggots gets to vote. They sent out a call to action. Patriots rise up to rally tomorrow, Saturday noon, at the Maricopa County Elections Office, 510 South 3rd Avenue, Phoenix, to pray for the light to shine in the darkness and for his truth to be revealed. That was from Senator Wendy Rogers, a state senator there in Arizona, Stan. And uh, the the the, the uh, Christian Nationalists showed up. So too did the Bo- the Boogaloo Incel Tactical Command Headquarters Executive Staff. Yeah, uh, the, the Wendy Rogers said it was going to be a Jericho march. So their goal was to make so much noise the walls of the counting center would collapse. Well. Uh, yeah, there was also an organization called Jericho March that was involved in the terrorist attack of January the 6th. Uh, Anika Brockschmidt and Thomas Lecoq at the Bulwark wrote, uh, You may remember the organization named Jericho March and its role in laying the groundwork for the January 6th insurrection. As God instructed the Israelites to walk seven times around Jericho and blow the shofar so that the walls would fall and everyone within the city would be slaughtered in God's name, so believers have taken up the mantle of spiritual warfare and continued Jericho marches in Maricopa County. The target that they're currently circling, which holds their enemies, is the center in which votes are being counted. Uh... But Brock Schmidt, who is an expert on the religious right, went on and said, um, it's very unlikely that Cary Lake supporters will try to storm the Maricopa County Ballot Center. But their ideology isn't far from the one that drove people to march around the Capitol in the weeks before January 6th and then to attack it. The belief that not just humans but institutions can be possessed by evil spirits, by demons and powers of darkness and that they have to be cleansed and purged and defeated by righteous Christians in the cosmic battle between good and evil. The authors went on and said it is ultimately totalizing, totalitarian even, belief system that allows for no nuance that only knows friend or mortal foe, And crucially, while this kind of belief can wane for any number of reasons, it's never been swayed by defeat at the ballot box. Rather, it takes defeats and twists them into stories of heroic martyrdom, of promises of revenge and retribution. So don't be surprised if the next stop of the NRA roulette wheel of death turns out to be... uh, Maricopa County. Yeah. And uh, um, excuse me for a moment. I'm gonna. I'm, I've got to go and see what's going on. There's something I, I, I need to go check, and I'll be back in a couple of minutes. Stand by. Sorry.
Sorry about that. It was one of those strange knock-on-the-door situations. All good. Everything's fine. But uh, upon returning, I've got a cowbell. That cowbell is for Steve in New York. Given that it's Arizona rather than a Jericho march, it should be a Geritol march, and it makes much more sense. Yeah, you see why the uh, you see why the cowbell there. That's that's quality. Uh, it, Wendy Rogers, Emilio wants to know: Is that a porn name? Yeah. <laughs> good, good, for, good for you noticing the old British usage of Rogers. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's quick. So, a couple of cowbells into this morning Monday, and then you know you knew that poor neglected Tiffania was not going to be able to get married without something shitty <laughs> happening. Um, and in this case, it was uh, precious princess Iwanka Madaddy Trump Kushner. who was posting photos of Tiffania's wedding to social media. And in one of them, oh, this is just so, oh, meow, this is so catty. She cropped out Kimberly Gargoyle, you know, the her brother's, um, uh, main squeeze, I guess. Um, the picture was, there was a picture of Tefania, um, along with Laura Trump, who is Eric's wife, um, and Marla Maples, who is Tefania's actual mother, and uh, melanoma and herself but in the original photo to the far right of the group is uh, Kimberly Gargoyle the best is yet to come <sighs> uh, yeah and uh, she said uh, It, it was it well. It was a terrible mistake. Over at Newsweek, Travis Akers said one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time: Ivanka crumped Kimberly out of the, her Instagram post from Tiffany's wedding. Ah. Gosh, are they are are they having are they having a sister-in-law spat? I hope it doesn't hurt too little. Um, and then another source said, no, they really have a wonderful relationship. I can tell. Others said that maybe she was cropped out because, and who does this? Um, she wore a black dress to Tefania's wedding. Maybe sort of a little <clears throat> jab to... Um, traitor tot to let's see what was the phrase that Jesse Waters used at Fox that we were talking about last week put a ring on it yeah 
um, uh, Iwanka wore baby blue. And she said, when I was 12 years old, my dream of having a baby sister came true. From the first moment I held Tiffany Trump in my arms and looked into those big, kind, curious blue eyes, I was smitten. And, uh, by the way, she... Oh, I, I'll be surprised if... Uh, well, maybe not. I mean, the guy, the guy she married is apparently a real billionaire as opposed to, you know, a Trump billionaire. And uh, so maybe uh, maybe Eric the Dumber and, and Trader Tot won't give him swirlies on the regular. But God, th- thank heaven he's a billionaire because otherwise... Uh, he'd just spend his life with his with with the back with the back of his tidy whities up over his head like old you know Beavis and Butthead because uh, wow Neo Maxi zoomed weeby much Whew. yeah okay I've had my moment of cattiness now we should be all better um, more more uh, more news coming out of the uh, investigation into the terrorist attack of January 6th. The New York Times had a story that the FBI had at least eight snitches inside the Proud Boys as the time drew nearer to January 6th and the terrorist attack on the Capitol. And uh, it uh, the, that information became public because of uh, uh, motions and briefs filed by the pettifoggers for five members of the Proud Boys and uh, that some of the information was actually exculpatory and was withheld by prosecutors uh, until recently. Of course, maybe they didn't know. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, that's one spin. But the other spin is that uh, it's beginning to sound more and more like the FBI knew exactly what the hell was going on. And that makes it more all the more inexplicable that what went on went on. Ah, oh, Jesus, here we are again. Oh, and uh, this just broke. Get to it in a second. Something I wanted to mention in regard to the shooting at the University of Virginia. The the, uh, lawful gun owner has been charged with second-degree murder. That means, uh, if I understand Virginia jurisprudence, um, if it's anything, and, you know, West Virginia largely just copied the Virginia Code in many respects when we became a state back in 1863, except the slavery part. Uh, Second-degree murder is often referred to as heat-of-passion murder, you know, where there's no real premeditation. It's just bang, out comes the gun, bang, bang. Uh, people are dead. Well, now, in a statement from the mayor of Moscow, Idaho, 
uh, interviewers uh, or uh, investigators are still looking into what exactly happened. But oh Jesus, four students at the University of Idaho were found dead near the university campus. And uh, at least one individual is referring to it as a crime of passion. Oh, God. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to even see it because of the New York Times firewall. Let's see. Crime of passion is such an outdated term. Well, nope, not going to be able to read it. Damn it. So we'll have to wait for other outlets to pick, or at least I will have to wait for other outlets to pick it up. Uh, back to the New York Times article regarding uh, the Proud Boys. In a sealed filing quoted by the defense, prosecutors argued that hundreds of pages of documents related to the FBI informants were neither suppressed by the government nor directly relevant to the case of the Proud Boys facing sedition charges. Enrique Tario, the group's former leader, Joseph Biggs, Ethan Nordine, Zachary Rill, and Dominic Pizzola. Because all of the material remains under a highly restrictive protective order, it is not possible to know what the informants told the government about the Proud Boys' role in the Capitol attack or how that information might affect the outcome of the trial. Well, frankly, uh, I can't think of anything awful enough to happen to those, uh, the, to those Proud Boys. But I think the, United, the people of the United States of America need to know what the FBI knew, how much they knew, and when they knew it. Especially given the fact that we now know that, that the FBI was absolutely crawling at the time with people who um, at least sympathized with the terrorists who attacked the Capitol on January the 6th. And that's not subject to debate. That's real. That came from an assistant deputy director type person from the FBI who had to who had to reach out to various field offices and say no this was wrong just plain wrong so i guess we'll have to wait and see on that but speaking of insurrectionists uh let's check in with uh Ginsurrectionist Thomas, uh, wife of Clarence Pubes on the Coke Can, Fappy Thomas, uh, reports indicate that she has now uh, jined up, uh, or Jonathan Swan reports that she's jined up uh, with a bunch of other <coughs> conservative movement figures. Uh, in trying to monkey wrench 
the House leadership elections. Yeah, because, uh, well, Rick Scott and Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, they, they want to postpone the elections until the Senate runoff, until the Senate runoff in Georgia. But uh, this new group has Ginsurrectionist Thomas in it and um, maggot lawyer Jenna Ellis and uh, former South Carolina Senator Jim Demented. And there he is, the man with uh, three or four voter registrations who's never been prosecuted, uh, former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Because even with uh, even with a, a slim majority becoming more and more of a possibility for the Republicans, uh, they're uh, having a connection. Among other things, uh, having once suggested that he would nominate uh, his orange god emperor to be speaker, Matt it just gates worse is now and you know, you look at this and you go why? And then you immediately answer your own question by saying huh, check must have cleared uh, talking to the, uh, the, the, the absolutely unlistenable right wing jackass Charlie Kirk uh, Matt Gates said well, let's just go to the audio and, yeah. Now, on the outside, there are also some creative choices. I've heard people talk about Jim DeMint as sort of a, you know, a, a thought leader in the conservative movement, respected by a lot of people, then out of, you know, the exact jousting of the legislative game for a while. Uh, I've heard the name Tulsi Gabbard, someone who might actually bring us a few folks from the left who are tired of the corrupt ruling class in uh, this town. Some folks have even thought about dusting off Newt Gingrich uh, and bringing him back as kind of a wise old gray hair. And then if an issue that we need to focus on is Wait, stop, 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 stop. Dr. Newton Leroy Gangrene, amateur paleontologist, needs a dusting off? Um, that phrase has a lot of potential meaning. <laughs> dusting off. Um, but no, Tulsi Gabbard. Can you can you imagine her as leader of the maggot caucus? Well, I mean, she's gone full maggot now. Oof. And in case you didn't know where Jim Demented had been uh, lately, you know he left the Senate. Uh, he was he was the uh, senator. He was a senator from South Carolina, and he left the Senate, and that's how we got uh, Tim Scott. But he left the Senate to go and do what? Yes, run the Heritage Foundation. So it's not like he's been out of the political mix like Matt, it just gates worse. Oh, Matt, a black and blue checkered sports coat? I mean, at least you're wearing a jacket, but a black and... 
sorry, fashion moment. Uh, honey, no. Uh, <laughs> black dress shirt, black tie, black and blue checked sport coat. Jesus, if you wear an outfit like that, do you get a bowl of soup? Oh, my God. Together at the border. How about Chad Wolf? You know, Chad Wolf served in the Trump administration, did great things as the Homeland Security Secretary, still doing a lot of great policy work at the America First Policy Institute. And so those are just some ideas. But we, we have to go through the stages of grief here a little bit, Charlie. For right now, there are a lot of the establishment Republicans in denial, believing that Kevin McCarthy can somehow still become speaker. What I'm here to tell you is there are definitely at least five people, actually a lot more than that, who would rather be waterboarded by Liz Cheney than vote for Kevin McCarthy. I'm all for that. Sorry, that's just wrong. I know. Ralph's is out there just what? Shaking her head. Tulsi Gabbard, Newt Gangrage? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. But the, you'll notice there are, sta- he mentions the stages of grief. These fuckers are on the verge of taking over by the slimmest of majorities, the House of Representatives, and they're grieving. Because they read, you know, any any college football coach worth his salt will tell his team, don't read your own press. Because you're not as good as you think you are. Well, they read their own press, and their red wave turned into a blood-tinged booger with a few hairs sticking out of it. Sorry, there went dinner in the central daylight time zone again, but... Yeah, the red ripple. Mm-hmm. Tulsi Gabbard, Lee in New York, says, Maggots will not want her. She was not loyal. Democrats do not want her. Please, Tulsi, run. We need a blue wave. Matt in San Francisco. The eyes on Newt? Gingrich? Really? The original burn-it-all-down strategist? Where are all the Republicans in disarray think pieces? Strange that no matter how crazy and insane they become, they're still treated like a serious party. Heaven help us. I know. Yeah, where are the Republicans in disarray? Articles. Because God knows... I've read more than a couple Democrats in disarray articles. Oh, well. I mean, I-O-K-I-Y-A-R, right? But Matt Gates, under no circumstances, will vote for, you know, Kevers McCarthy, man of silly putty. Uh-uh. Um... Yeah, um, no, 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 Matt Gates. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard is not going to bring you anyone from the left who's in the House of Representatives. Nuh-uh, not going to happen. Sorry. Jesus, these people. 
the Democrats may still hold the House, Flavio says. Votes are still being counted in California, and hopefully they'll make up for the seats lost in New York. One does hope. Um, I know Tracy's been keeping a close eye on Katie Porter's race, among others. Uh, it would be fantastic if we could make up those five seats that we lost through, uh, well, you know, folks like Sean, Sean Maloney. Thanks, dude. Oh, uh, thank you, Stephen, New York. The, uh, the, uh, the, the story coming out of Idaho. God. Four students at the University of Idaho were found dead near campus in what a local official described on Monday as a crime of passion. Art Betge, the mayor of Moscow, Idaho, said in an interview that the authorities were still investigating what had transpired, but the case was being treated as homicide. Uh, He didn't think there was a perceivable danger to the broader public, but wouldn't say how the victims were killed or, and this is kind of important, whether the suspect was still at large, um, Mayor Betge said, uh, with a crime of this magnitude, it's very difficult to work through. Police responded to a call yesterday, Sunday, found four people dead at a house near the University of Idaho campus. They identified the victims as... uh, Ethan Chapin, age 20, of Conway, Washington. Madison Mogan, 21, of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Zana Kernodal, 20, of Avondale, Arizona. And Kaylee Gonsalves, 21, of Rathdrum, Idaho. All four were students. And the Moscow, Idaho Police Department are asking for anyone with information to please... uh, Please get hold of them. And Lee in New York says, Matt, Matt Gates is not interested in Tulsi. She's too old. Oh, 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 too soon. Ew. Uh, uh, Ralphs suggests maybe enough Republicans will support Nancy Pelosi. I, I'm guessing No. I mean, maybe, maybe if uh, Adam and Liz were still there, but no, no. Uh. Oh, and thanks, Flavio, for sending the uh, article along as well, the Idaho article. just seems strange that you get uh, killings on two. But then again, no, it's not strange because this is Merca. So it's not strange to have uh, multiple killings on the same day at two different major U.S. universities. Oof. By the way, a quick update coming out of Colorado, uh, and uh, I imagine everybody there 
is uh, on pins and needles. As of, uh, I don't know, no, that's, that's an old story, never mind. Sometimes, you know, some, sometimes I, sometimes I get burned by the dateline. Uh, let me refresh this page and see where we are. That uh, with 99.9% in uh, Colorado's 3rd District shows um, Clanny Oakley with 50.2% of the vote and 498 for Andrew Frisch. And they're still showing. Uh, they're still showing Alaska as a toss-up uh, between. Um, well, with the uh, uh, Mary Peltola. Is it Mary? Forty-seven point three percent to Sarah Palin's twenty-six point six percent. And of course, there's ranked choice voting going on there, so that somehow or another, that could still apparently. Uh, wind up screwing uh, us. Uh, the next big vote count update will be November 16th, Stephen New York informs me in Colorado's 3rd District. And uh, both, ca- both counties are campaigning for ballot curing. Jesus, there's a big billboard with Clanny Oakley on it. Freedom! Yeah, from brains. According to this uh, Colorado Public Radio article, uh, the 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 polling currently stands at 162,040 votes for Clanny Oakley, and 160,918. Adam Frisch, and you got to wonder what the hell is wrong with those 162,040 people that they want to—they want an idiot in the Congress. I mean, I kind of wish we had somebody in Colorado's third dis- district who could call in and say, "Oh, well, you know, it's because she's brought all this money to the third district." Because I'm guessing she hasn't. And. Uh, Ballot curing is going on in case anybody had a screwed up ballot. Uh, the voter gets a chance to cure um, the mistake. And the, the Frisch campaign is doing all it can to solicit people, uh, solicit voters to go and, uh, you know, if they were likely Frisch voters, they're calling them and telling them to go and cure problems with their ballots. Um, 
It is legal to call voters, knock on their doors, reach out to them to let them know there's a problem. So percentage-wise, it's 50.17% to 49.83. So that's 17, that's uh, less than, that's 0.34%. And I'm guessing that would probably trigger an automatic recount because it's less than one half of one percentage point. Uh, update on Arizona. Katie Hobbs, 50.5%. Carrie Lake, 49.5%. She needs to get a few more points to get above that one point. Just to make things, yeah. As to the killings on the university campuses, Flavio says it's just another day that ends in Y. In Merca, the greatest country in the history of the world on earth, now, today, forever, in the universe, under God. Amen. Uh, all is forgiven, Matt, uh, or Lee. Lee says, uh, Matt Gates. sorry. <laughs> um, by the way, we are into the second hour of the program, and it is Moran Monday. And if you've got uh, something, you if, if, well, if you want to chime in, you're mightily welcome so to do. I enjoy the conversation. I think, well, I know everybody else does, too. Um, oh, by the way, one, another uh, another uh, kind of surprise that came out of Tuesday. Um, voters in Montana, of all places, said, oh, hell no, to an... Uh, a, a referendum, a so-called born alive referendum that would have made it a humongous felony to not take heroic measures to save an aborted fetus that turned out to be viable. Montana stood up the right to choose. Montana. Once again, confirming, and, and I, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to flesh this idea out a little bit more, because, you know, it dawned on me last Tuesday, went Tuesday, Wednesday, that voters have, at least where issues relating to bodily privacy and, 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 and bodily integrity are concerned, but I saw it in four entirely different issues in West Virginia. If you just present an issue without a D or an R by it, people have a way of getting it right. Hillary Ann Crosby, uh, spokesperson for an organization, uh, Compassion for Montana Families, which opposed the Born Alive bullshit, said today's win sends a clear message to state leadership. Montanans demand our right to make private health care decisions for ourselves and our families with the help of our trusted medical teams and without interference from politicians. 
in Michigan, California, and Vermont, voters went to the polls and resoundingly uh, enshrined the right to privacy in their state constitutions. Even in Kentucky, Stan, they voted down an anti-abortion constitutional amendment. And, of course, that follows on the heels of what voters in Kansas, of all places, did last August. It could be expected in California and Vermont, maybe not quite as much so in Michigan, but Michigan's getting things right right now. But Kentucky, really? And the thing is, in Montana, the born alive horseshit, it's already a felony, it's already illegal in Montana to kill a baby that lives after a failed abortion. But they but 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 they wanted that that was what they wanted to campaign on. Uh But uh, it, you, know, it, you know what you know what you call an, an abortion at nine months? Birth. Birth. But these 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 mouth walking, knuckle breathing freaks. have to lie. Just like they lied for years about partial birth abortion. Because that's a lie. That doesn't happen. Uh, there are medical procedures that are, that are horrifying, that are absolutely necessary in some instances, where a vaginal birth is impossible. Or where a baby has died in utero. And just like they lied about that piece of soggy popcorn that they said has a heart. You know, I'm sorry if they don't like it described that way, but it doesn't. Hell, it doesn't even look like a sea monkey at six weeks. Oh, these people. But they got their asses handed to them. And uh, they got their asses handed to them on another front as well. I managed to uh, not. uh, Oh, and by the way, uh, sorry about that. I got a I got a message on Twitter. The TuneIn website's been firing commercials every five minutes on the Horn Channel lately. It was not like this before. Uh, thanks for letting me know. Uh, I have no control whatsoever over what TuneIn does uh, except to tell them to stop running the program. And I don't think, well, I get the idea y'all don't want that because there are people who rely on TuneIn for the program. 
as ever, the best place to listen to the program is headon.live because that's where the program originates. And you'll never hear an ad. Um, so that's that. Been quite cold today here, but uh, it's 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 good to know that this uh, combination air conditioner heat pump works as well as it does. I'll be it, it, this won't be but about thirty seconds. I got to turn that thing off because it's getting kind of sweltery in here. It's seventy six degrees. I had to well too damn late in the year for naked radio. Stand by. Plus, it cuts down on the roar, and that's a bonus, too. Um, oh, and uh, as we approach the halfway mark, remember the uh, fundraising goal is $840, and this evening is a goose egg. Sorry to even mention it. But if you want to help out, run over to head on live and use the PayPal button or go to the Contribute page, maybe become a subscriber on Patreon or... Um, we're not doing anything with YouTube, so I can't say like and subscribe. No. Um, and uh, also at the contribute page is the snail mail. The well, these I don't like that term. I got educated on that years ago because we like the United States Postal Service. Um, but if you would like to use U.S. Postal Service. Um, to contribute, uh, the address that is there at the contribute page of Head On Top Live. Yeah, you're right. As I mentioned, Stephen New York points out, remember it was Kansas that started the stay off my body trend for the birthing folk. Yeah. And w- w- which I said, that brings me to another, another point. Um, and that is that in, in the midst of the... Um, weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth that has attended the beginnings of the post-mortem for the Republicans. Republicans in disarray! Yeah, still eager to read that. Um, Well, I was reminded earlier today of something. And that is a quote that is popularly attributed to Gandhi uh, in regard to civil disobedience. Um, And it goes something like, first they laugh at you, then they fight you. Then you win. And it, uh, well, I thought of that earlier today when I was reading uh, something um, 
it comes from a post-mortem of sorts. From uh, the state GOP chief of staff, Paul Cordes, who published a memo in the wake of uh, the... Uh, the beating that Tudor Dixon took in the governor's race in Michigan. Tudor Dixon, because they couldn't afford the four-door. And what uh, Benji Sarlin pointed out, uh, who is the uh, Washington bureau chief at Semaphore, Conservative groups spent, and and this is noteworthy because this is, um, I don't know if you knew this, but, you know, I probably wouldn't have. Well, maybe I would have uh, before a couple of years ago. But this is uh, Trans Awareness Week. It will culminate on the 20th with the Transgender Day of Remembrance when we take note of the shocking number of trans people, most of them trans women of color, black and brown and indigenous, uh, who've been murdered in the past year. But um, it turns out, as Benji Sarlin pointed out, that uh, right-wing transphobic Republican maggot groups spent more than $50 million attacking trans people this election cycle. $50 million nationwide to attack a population that is at best 2% of the people in this country. And now, that, especially in places like Michigan where they are weeping and wailing and gnashing their teeth, well, Paul Cordes, the state GOP chief of staff, deconstructing the ass-beating that Tudor Dixon took from Gretchen Whitmer, slay queen, because um, she did. Well... Um, uh, Paul Cordes said there were more ads on transgender sports than inflation, gas prices, and bread and butter issues that could have swayed independent voters. How about that? But you know what? I am so proud of my sisters and brothers and nibblings because it turns out we're a lot stronger than we're given credit for being. Oh, sure, there are the religious wacka- uh, uh, wackadoodles who think that, you know, I mean, mullahs and whatever and foreign countries, but here too, who think that uh, the LGBTQ, QQIA plus community uh, has the power to you know, stoke earthquakes and volcanoes and tsunamis and tornadoes and 
take away all our frisbees and wheat checks. But for the most part, you can be forgiven if you look at the trans community as a whole and see a bunch of really sad people. But it's not a matter of being sad because of who we are, because for the most part we're living joyous lives because we finally are who we have always been. And living so openly and out uh, as any member of the LGBTQQIA plus community can tell you, is to finally freaking live in the first place. But as any member of a marginalized community can tell you, it hurts to be hated. It hurts a lot. I've gotten some of it. And it does, in fact, hurt like hell. But our unhappiness is external, not internal. And so how about that? A teeny tiny little percentage of this country's population took almost the entirety of the festering, vile hate of the maggots and the right-wing, you know, Republicans generally. Bore it on our backs. Stood up under it. And refused to be defeated. Oh, sure, some places, some places are, are, are hellscapes. Alabama, Texas, Arkansas. Oh, my God, I had almost completely forgotten what happened in Arkansas. Holy shit. <laughs> it, 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 it almost beggars the imagination to say this out loud. But Sarah Hustlebuck Sandbags is actually the governor or governor-elect of Arkansas. And I feel so sorry for decent people in Arkansas. Obviously, there aren't enough of them. But I feel I feel I feel so sad for you know uh, people like our, our our dear friend our dear friend Haley there. You're gonna you're gonna have to look at Jethreen Bodine for four and maybe eight long 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 years. Ill. But seriously, getting back to the previous topic. A little round of applause for the trans community. A little golf clap. Because they spent years hating us, passing laws against us, and trying to get more people to hate us, and they failed. They failed. Now, being Republicans, they probably can't learn, so it's not like they're going to stop. 
But for this week, this Trans Awareness Week, well, what an oddly little validating moment that is. How profound that is. Because we took $50 million that they might have used, as one of their own says, to influence independent voters on kitchen table issues. $50 million that could have been spent on Joe Biden's personally raising the gas prices and the liberal Nancy Pelosi Democrats is, 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 has, has gone around with their little, with, with, with their, their, their little, little price check guns and raised the price of eggs personally to hurt you, Merka. But instead, they channeled that money into stupid ads about high school kids trying to play sports. They channeled that $50 million into ads trying to make it more likely that trans kids will commit suicide. And now they have their answer. Steve in New York says, uh, more ads than uh, uh, than inflation ads? Well, I do declare, but I'm thinking the GOP didn't really care about inflation and gas prices after all. Odd, as I remarked last week, but I don't remember hearing much about inflation and gas prices since last Tuesday. Nor will you. Let's see. Caravan. Trans kids. Inflation. Gas prices. Wonder where they'll go next. Oh, and thanks, Deb. Thank you, Deb, for uh, making sure that tonight wasn't a goose egg. Thank you so much. We are now down to 830. 830 bucks to go to keep us fully funded here, keep the bills paid and the program on the air. Thank you so much. Um. It's so helpful. And Jeremy says, yeah, but Robin, I just read a hit piece on hormone blockers for trans kids, and a whole 50 slimy doctors claimed it causes permanent bone density problems for life. It still felt like a hit piece. It was a hit piece, and naturally it came from the New York Times, uh, which uh, a journalist named Aaron Reed pointed out has now become the American equivalent of the BBC. Anti-trans... All the time. And here's the thing about the puberty blockers. Curiously, there's nothing in there about the bone density problems with uh, little cis kids who get it for precocious, who get them for precocious puberty. No, no. And uh, also the fact that the uh, the those potential bone density problems remain unverified. Also, the fact that those potential bone density problems can be remedied with calcium, magnesium, and vitamin D. Also not mentioning the fact that uh, untreated trans kids may suffer from bone density problems too because of poor nutrition, because they can barely stand to eat, because their dysphoria is so damn bad they can barely stand their own bodies.
you give affirming care to a trans kid, and the next thing you know, uh, they're they're plopping right down there, right there at the table, and 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 eating breakfast and lunch and dinner like a regular kid because they're regular kids. And then again, uh, there there's the issue of let's see, let's withhold the puberty blockers because bone density, and then the kid kills herself. Guess she won't have to worry about bone density anymore. Oh, and by the way, the uh, the author of the hit piece in the New York Times, uh, her follow list is absolutely awash in transphobes and transphobic organizations and creepy little detransitioners who uh, have turned it have turned that into their source of income some people do detransition and the vast majority the vast majority of people who detransition and I'm just trying to open a window for here for folks who might not know the vast majority of people who detransition do not detransition because they are unhappy with their transition because they are unhappy finally being their authentic selves they wind up detransitioning so people will stop treating them like shit. They detransition so that their parents will get off their back or so that maybe they can keep a spouse. And they go back in the closet and live miserable, shitty, painful, agonizing, and sometimes suicidal lives because they're doing it for the family when the family can't simply let them be themselves and be glad that they're in their lives and that they are happily in their lives. I mean, it's like uh, the regret rate, you know, because they measure these things in medical science. The regret rate for gender-affirming surgery is less than the regret rate for Lasix eye surgery. We're talking about electives here. I guess. I never saw what I had done as being elective. It was life-saving. Probably wouldn't be here otherwise. But the regret rate for gender-confirming con- gender surgery is lower than it is for Lasix. Fewer people regret their gender confirmation surgery than people regret having had LASIKs to give them 2020 vision. That says something, doesn't it? That says a lot. Oh, and uh, Ralph says, maybe in four years, uh, Sarah Hustlebuck Sandbags will want to be Senator or President Hustlebuck Sandbags. Oh, Ralphs, you little ray of sunshine, you. I'm sure she's a, you know what? She's vice presidential timber. That's what she is. You know, her daddy was governor of Arkansas and ran for president and sold some bullshit diabetes cures and stuff. And and, and, and her, her brother tortured animals. How much more vice presidential do you want to get? I, I, Ralphs, 
you know, further proof that every time you think it can't get worse, you know, Dan Quayle can't get worse, George W. Bush can't get worse, Sarah Palin can't get worse, Nitwit Nero can't get worse. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it could. It could it, there's there's no basement with with maggots. Every time you get down there, you start pecking around on the floor, and the next thing you know, uh, boom. You found another trap door to something even lower and dumber and meaner and more vile. Ralphs, I'm sorry you even had to think that thought, honey. I really, really am. And and Ralphs uh, said, uh, by the way, come on, you all, fundraising. Don't make me sick lassie on you. Grr! Thank you, Ralphs. <laughs> or, uh... <laughs> And what you no no Ralph's Ralph's is not kidding. Um, what Ralph's will do is she'll send Kayla to screw up your blinds. Yeah, you remember the Kayla stop screw stop messing with my blinds challenge from last week. Yeah, Ralph sent me along a picture of Kayla being a good kitty, or maybe just a slightly aggravated kitty because apparently Mama pulled up the blinds. <laughs> good kitty, good. Uh, so, uh, all told, I mean, just, you know, a few things, you know, here and there. Uh, let's run over and uh, check in on the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. Good evening, Robin. I hope that uh, Ralphs does not send the kitty over to uh, my blind or Christine's blind. Yes, no, no, uh, not, not those blinds. Oh, okay, all right, uh, uh, that that's good. Uh, I got a note from Gladys uh, just before the program started. Uh, we're putting one of the Goliath 3000s on a flatbed and heading down to Arizona. Oh, you got an order, uh, did you? Uh, yes, the Goliath, well, the Goliath well, 3000. They well, spent some cash. Well, now. No, it's one of the two that we've got. We're put, we're loading it up on the flatbed on a humanitarian mission, Robin. We're we're going to do drive-by crucifixion. <laughs> As we they've already by, well, they've already got their they've already got their pogo sticks and nail guns, I assume. <laughs> well, they got they got the crosses, and they're non-standard, so. Crazy Days does not guarantee the quality of the crucifixion. But they've got their crosses. They're willing to hop up on it by themselves. And so we might cut them a little slack on the bill. But uh, we, we decided that we're going to, we're gonna, since we're having to go to Arizona, we're going to give them the Las Vegas-style burial. Because after all, we really? all know there are holes in the desert. Yes, we're can't use. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. You can't them. you can't use Lake Mead anymore. No, no, unfortunately not. Uh, those uh, th- those mob guys ended up ruining it for everybody. We could. Well, share. it wasn't so much the mob guys as it was climate change and drought, wasn't it? Well, we don't talk about that in, in those areas, Robin. After all, uh, a lot of people think that uh, God did it as punishment. 
of course, the the thing is, God is denying all responsibility for anything. Last I checked, he, last last I checked, he was unavailable for yeah. comment. So, uh, and and he's probably following a, a good press strategy. You know, after all these thousands of years, he's got his he's got his game down. So. Uh, all these prayers and send in the military and all that horse shit. Um, we could have in the, in the beginning of this experiment in representative government, they could have been a lot clearer about the intent of the Second Amendment. Uh, and because from my studies, it was it was understood back then that they were referring to what would now be called the National Guard, because each state had militia units that took care of local problems, and that was what the right to bear arms was supposed to protect. It says nothing about gun ownership. Ownership of firearms was a given as well because of hunting and whatnot. So they would not have, it would not have entered uh, Madison's consciousness about owning 500 guns with 500,000 rounds of ammunition. And I try to explain this to people like my maggot brother, who, by the way, is a dyed-in-the-wool firearms fondler. And uh, he's like, well, it's a, I mean, they treat it like it's, it, it, it has pride of place as the First Amendment to the Constitution. And I have a feeling that what is now considered the First Amendment of the Constitution was placed there to show the order of importance to the people who were drafting the document. Uh, I hate to break your heart, but it was totally rando. Really? Really, oh. yeah. It really was. But, uh, but uh, the, the, they treat this like it's, it's their God-given right, and they'll tell us what to do because they've got the guns and the ammunition. And that's not what was originally intended. I think that those gentlemen that drafted that document would have been proud of what happened last Tuesday. It worked the way it was intended. Nobody got everything they wanted, which is probably a good thing. And since you have 
Gladys having the crew load up a Goliath 3000, which is always good for my business. Um, it's not real good for, you know, blood banks and things like this because, yeah, they're not, they might not attack the, the processing center. But if January 6th has taught us anything, that was an exercise in we can always do it again. Uh, it was an exercise in y'all, we're going to do it again. Robin, they haven't stopped doing it. That too. Um, and as far as Matt Gates, one of my favorite targets, um, uh, I, I believe that if you dig down deep into that statement he made, he might have mentioned the founder of Venmo. He might actually vote for that individual for speaker. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> and there, you know what? Okay, I'm just going to say it. $50 million to attack trans people? We're pricey. You know what? I'm proud that they they felt forced to spend that kind of money and lose. May they put more in and lose even bigger. I mean, I mean, what? I mean, what, what happened to the? What happened to those fiscally conservative republic? Well, you know, not when it comes to hate. And and by well, the way, you well, might uh, you might you might be interested to know I had a note from uh, Micah up in Michigan, and she said, uh, "Oh, I can believe it." Talking about the fifty million dollars, it was all they talked about uh, trying to beat Proposition Three, which was a, a which was a uh, about you know abortion rights. Because apparently a proposition about abortion rights that doesn't say anything about trans people will let trans kids get sex changes without their parents' approval. Who knew? And they did. They they lied. Oh, they lied and lied and lied in Michigan. But in the and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna break I'm I'm gonna break Stephen New York's heart on this one. Uh, you know the rivalry between uh, that that state to the north of the Buckeye State. Uh, and and the Buckeye State is is deep and abiding. I mean, there's a level of there there there's there's a level of of internecine rivalry there that well Auburn and Alabama comes to mind. I mean, it's just you know the team you love to hate. You, you, you don't have to tell me. My my grandfather, my dad's dad, studied veterinary medicine at the University of Michigan at Lansing. And that's where he that's met Ann Arbor. my grandmother. No, no, no. Ann, Ann Arbor is Ann Arbor is Michigan. East Lansing, East Lansing's Michigan State. Uh, he uh, he met my grandmother, who and they were both from uh, that state that has a river named after it. Uh, uh, no, no, no. The state is named yeah. after the river, and it's our river. It's West Virginia's river. Don't don't you forget it. All right, all right. 
It is from the part of that the part of that river that flows past West Virginia is West Virginia's river. By law, please tell me that doesn't mention get telling what to do with it. Please tell me that. Oh, the chaos Muppet. That's got to stick. We've got to make Chaos Muppets stick to Joe Manchin, Dave. Uh, but uh, no, no. Uh, what I was, uh, but the thing is, uh, Michigan uh, is definitely in the lead for civilized state right now. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, but you know, Michigan didn't just send jerk deluxe fake hillbilly Vance to the Senate. Well. Uh- I was mentioning my grandparents. Now, they're both from Ohio. Grandpa went to Michigan to study. So my grandparents came up with a great idea, and it was this. Every year there's a, 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 a game between Michigan and Ohio. As you said, there's nearly interesting rivalry, you know, families don't talk to each other over this game, you know. So what my grandparents did was they came to an agreement early in their marriage that if they absolutely could not settle an argument, they would let the game settle it. And if Michigan won the year before, then Grandpa won the argument. If Ohio won, Grandma won the argument, and a few times there was a draw. So it went to the uh, previous winner. Um, And I found that out at my grandfather's funeral. I always wondered how those two didn't argue publicly, you know. In all the years I knew them, and then I got clued in. So um, that game has uh, familial importance in, in my family. I wonder how many uh, how many arguments were saved, how many chances of getting to the divorce court were avoided, and all that because they had come to the agreement. That's how they were going to settle their arguments if they couldn't. If they were such loggerheads, they couldn't come to it by consensus. So, you know. Uh, and when are we going to start treating athletes in college who are making scads of money for the larger programs? When are we going to start treating them like the employees they are? And give them union protection. I'm all for I it. A lot of that. I, I knew a lot of student athletes when I went to IU. I went. I had class with several of them. They couldn't even get a, a gift of twenty dollars to hold them over to get lunch if they were short, because that would violate the NCAA rules. Uh, they, they, there was one guy who got got his uh, 
And, and are you who got his uh, his uh, scholarship suspended because somebody at the university had loaned him money to get home to his mother's funeral? Now, Robin, these these people need to be protected. They're young adults. They're putting, in many cases, they're putting their bodies on the line to make money for the university. Yeah, they can dress it up as, oh, the student athlete and the amateur ideal bullshit. When I was at IU, Coach Mallory, Bill Mallory was uh, the coach of the football team which is a second-class sport in Indiana. Except for Notre Dame. Well, Notre Dame is a Catholic school. That's not a state-supported school. True. That's a church-run school, and if they want to spend the money to get the team, that's fine. And Notre Dame is a a storied franchise there. But... uh, But Bill Mallory made four million dollars a year. Four million dollars. And if it's if an athlete needed to go home for his mother's funeral, he couldn't even scratch up the money from the university and get him home and back. Truth. There is there is something fundamentally wrong with that kind of stuff. Well, let me add another thing into the mix here. Uh, given what All happened, right. given what happened yesterday at the University of Virginia last night, uh, all three of the murders were football players, and I don't know, but what maybe another the one who's in critical condition maybe too. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe all five were. Um, but the murderer himself was a former member of the UVA football team. And when things like this happen, uh, one of the first things that came to mind when I saw a former football player is, oh, head injury. Because uh, head injuries that come from playing football are, you know, it's unquestionable. And yeah, here in the uh, here in the here in the early well, look at Herschel Walker there, yes. And here in the early years of the third decade of the twenty first century, you almost kind of wonder why we. St- I'm about to speak heresy. You almost kind of wonder oh. why we keep playing it. It's you know, you know Europe eventually mm-hmm. stopped. Europe eventually stopped jousting tournaments. Because it was ruining the lives of young noblemen. We eventually got around to outlawing dueling so that butt-hurt white men would just have to solve their problems some other way. And then we invented football. And and then we invented football. Um, Yeah, I, I don't think, I mean, it's pure speculation, I freely admit. But when football players start killing other football players with firearms, 
Um, I think you kind of have to wonder if closed head trauma played a role. And this is not excusing or, or any, in any wise uh, obfuscating away from access to firearms. But still. The, 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 the thing is, and it's interesting that you mentioned that, um, the NFL helped set up a brain bank that former players can donate their brains to to study the effects of head trauma because these are are, are men that that uh, have damaged their brains to a point where impulse control and anger and the ability to rationally think are damaged. And I'm not making fun of Herschel Walker's head injuries. No. If you look at Herschel Walker's behavior, and you're seeing what? A history of violence, a history of poor decision-making, a uh, impulse control problem of epic proportions. This is not a man who needs, he needs to be in treatment, not in the Senate. And I'm not saying that as a political partisan. I'm saying that as somebody who has dealt with people, and this isn't so much, this is a mental illness caused by a physical injury. And yes, that does happen. Um, and people need to understand that. It is not injury Christine received in the army when they put a near lethal dose of angel dust in her food. Somebody did. But, but there's also underlying issues in her family history. So I'm saying that Perhaps the NCAA needs to go uh, reach out to former players to have them donate their brains to this brain bank for the study, because the majority. Yeah, but of see, Dave, here's here, here here's the problem, Dave. Uh, it's going to be kind of hard to do that because that means you're telling. 18 year old boys uh, we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna harm your brains uh, and 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 you're probably not gonna be okay so sign on the dotted line now I mean I, I get the no the idea is solid but you know they uh, the NCAA does not want to smarten up uh, the cash cow. Yeah, they don't want to. They, they, they don't want to. Uh, they don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to kill the goose that you know lays all them twenty-four karat gold eggs. And here's a hint for you, Robin. As somebody who's lived most of his life in Indiana, the state religion is high school basketball, not college. 
Yeah. The open warfare in Indiana is over high school ball. Oh yeah, we've all seen we've all all seen uh, Hoosiers. We've all seen Hoosiers, and that's a pretty accurate representation about how people back then and up to the present day treat basketball players in Indiana. It's just something that has always happened. Now, when uh, Christmas Addicts High School, which was a at the time was an all-black high school, won the state championship, they were forbidden from participating in a tradition that the state championship team would drive down to downtown Indianapolis and ride around in an open car around the circle a few times to celebrate their win. The the young men at Christmas Addicts were told they couldn't do that. And I believe Oscar Robinson was part of that team. Oh, wow. Can you imagine? And, I mean, he he died here, what, about a year or two ago? Yeah, I think so. And he was, con- he was constantly talking about players need representation. They need to stand up for their rights. They need- he was advocating for a, a, a much saner policy dealing with athletics. I don't find anything wrong with an athletic program that protects their participants. Um, but the drive to win and the drive to make the cash and keep the money rolling in is, is a corrupting influence. So I don't know. You know, maybe if they'd stop knocking these kids' heads together, they'd find out that, well, you know, this guy's pretty smart. Okay, so he he's an athlete. Fine. But the university pays a lot of expense to keep them poor. During the season, they have training tables. Uh, my niece, Carissa, is studying to become a sports trainer. She's studying physical therapy. And, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good gig if you can get it. But... I don't see how they can justify treating their players like that. And it has consequences in the real life because if you look, people go, well, you know, the Reverend Senator Warnock ought to to be pasting Walker uh, 
And I think part of it is, is, is Senator Warnock actually understands that a lot of what Herschel is doing and saying comes from his time as a football player. You know, people say, well, they were never told no. Now that's only part of it. There isn't, there isn't a football player I've ever known that doesn't come out uh, do, walking uh, less well than I do. <laughs> and I'm on crutch, crutches and in a wheelchair. And imagine if they dismantled the... Uh, the um, athletic programs or the football programs, for example, because of safety concerns. Do you realize how many lawsuits would happen immediately just from former players going, we were never informed that this was going to happen to us. We were never told that this was going to go on. This is why I think they should unionize. Because that would give them a way to protect themselves. But the NCAA wants to protect the myth of amateur athletics in college. In order to protect the money. And it's actually professional. It's no different than the gladiator schools in Rome. Not really. No. As long as you, as long as you can pump out those gladiators and keep the crowds happy, you are going to make all kinds of money. Well, Micah, Micah up in Michigan just said, if your highest paid person on staff is the football coach, you don't run a university. You run a football program that dabbles in education, and this is coming from somebody who doesn't necessarily hate football. Me either. Oh my God! I don't. Do, do you realize what happened this weekend? The University of Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma University. I'm sorry, OU, not UO. Touchy about that because we're WVU, not UWV. Um, Oklahoma right. University. The Sooners, the vaunted Sooners, went into Mountaineer Field this past Saturday and Did lost. No, nah, they didn't get. They didn't quite get their asses handed to them, but they damn sure lost. For once, the Mounties managed well, to kick a last-minute field goal and put a dagger in their heart. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we're we're proud and everything, but we're also realistic. We know what our we know what our record is, and 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 some of us were scratching our little little heads and saying, "Wow, Oklahoma must really suck this year. Y'all lost to us." I'm sorry. We have we we have we have we have OU fans in the in in the uh, in in the community, but I have a feeling they're not. Ah, Robin, you're not wrong. To hear you tell it, though, Robin, the Mountaineers are the Cubs of college ball. Oh, we are. We are the biggest. Uh, we we are the biggest the major college football program in the country, never to have won a national championship. 
when that does happen in 108 years or whatever, I mean, it took, it, it took Chicago 108 years to blow. How, how long have y'all been, been uh, We've been playing football. We've been playing football in Morgantown so long that our original name was the Snakes. We were the West Virginia University Snakes. A slippery bunch. Oh, I I mean, you know, frankly, uh, in this in this era, I I think we need some. I I think we need some throwback uniforms. You know, with scales. You know, I I think I think you're right. I think that'd be really cool. See, but, we have you know, some great ideas on this program sometimes, Dave. We do, and I think you, mm-hmm. yeah, w, WVU needs a needs a throwback helmet with like, you know, a rattlesnake on it, but not you know, no, no, not the not the don't derp on me urine colored snake flag rattlesnake. Right, right, because uh, there's a real but, risk uh, there because our our colors are old gold and blue, and uh, you put that snake on a gold helmet, and no. No, no. Well, you could make it a gold snake on a blue helmet. <sighs> yeah, or maybe a snake's head, you know, just with the fangs. Right, right. Well, there is a there are rules in heraldry about putting colors and metals together. So yellow would be called gold, white would be called silver, and you didn't put silver and gold together. It had to have actually in heraldry it would be it would be or o r well okay yeah but you had you had to separate the metals with some form of color and or pattern to make it legitimate there there are so many different rules for designing heraldic devices. Um, a lot of people know about the coat of arms, but they don't know about the coats of peace. And these were symbols that noblemen would use as their regular day-to-day on managing the estate kind of where you put the coat of arms on so that others in the, on the battlefield would know who you are. And because some knights rushed into battle uh, and just threw whatever on, in some cases they weren't even recognized as nobles, and if they were on the losing side, they might have gotten executed because nobody was there to identify them because there was money to be made on ransoms. And maybe that's what we need to do to to clean up college sports. If if your team loses, uh, the president and chancellors and, and, and the regents of the university shall be held incommunicado until a ransom is paid to the winning team. Uh, I hate to bring that up. Uh, Especially for the Mountaineers, but uh, yeah, but if, <laughs> just think of the Cubs of old and how loyal the fans are. I, I'm beginning to think that 
honestly, that's what makes me think that the Mountaineers are the Cubs of college football. Hey, no, we, <laughs> you know, I mean, we go back you to like 1891, played. something like that. Yeah. 1891. Oh, God. It's worse than I thought. Yeah. Uh, Been a long dry spell. Oh, oh, you poor dears. I was, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, be in the world uh, the two times we got to play for a national championship. And, well, that was during the Don Nealon era. And, you know, Don, Don, Don's uh, idea of uh, prep for a bowl game was to ask whether the check had cleared yet. I think it was, uh, God, I think it was the Florida players at the Sugar Bowl one year who said that they could literally smell the alcohol sweating out of the Mountaineer, out of the Mountaineer players. Because, you know, Steve Spurrier had had his boys, you know, off in some secluded place telling, you know, you can burn New Orleans to the ground and give a shit, but we are going to be ready for this game. Meanwhile, the Mountaineers were like, woo! Jerry Beads, you know, out on Bourbon Street. Oh, good. How Lord. did we get here? Okay, we're going to stop this. We're going to. This is a serious radio show, Dave. Uh, did you know that there is a uh, petition out there with over 1.2 million signatures on it, calling for the impeachment of Clarence uh, Pubes on the Coke Can, Fappy Thomas? Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it 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 uh, got going after details came out about Ginsurrection as trying to uh, trying to participate in overturning the government of the United States, and uh, it, the the idea is getting some legs. Still, no noise about it in the House of Representatives. But uh, I don't know if you've been following the story uh, of. Uh, uh, Arizona GOP chairwoman Kelly Ward. You know, she's been told by court after court after court after court to honor a subpoena for her phone records. And so it finally made it all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court uh, shot her down seven to two. Imagine that. Naturally, the two did. That you were Thomas and Alito? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Perceptive thou art. And the reason she's resisting, the reason she's resisting it so fiercely is because it's got a lot of names in it, and uh, it will show exactly the extent to which that uh, the, the, she participated with Nitwit Nero and his minions to put together uh, the, the slate of fake electors back in uh, in in 2021 and she oh, she shit. you know she 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 went to the J- J6 committee and pled the fifth uh every time she was asked about the slate of fake elect- electors so 7 to 2 and yeah Clarence Pubes on the Coke Can Fappy Thomas and Sammy Bad Breath Alito were the dissenting votes. But how much more obvious does it have to be? He actually wrote a dissent to the unsigned opinion 
telling her to honor the subpoena. And this piles on top of the fact that he was the only member of the Supreme Court who voted against the release of White House records to the panel. And about two months later, the emails between Ginsurrectionist and Mark Meadows came out. And then the lobbying by Ginsurrectionist Thomas came out. And uh, no. and 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 my, so he did. The thing is, he it's not just that he wrote a dissenting opinion; it's that he didn't recuse himself. Well, and he so, uh, to himself. Uh, a, 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 gr- a group out there calling themselves Free Speech for People uh, said Justice Thomas must face an impeachment inquiry. Um, of course, he should. Yeah, and and frankly, uh, you got to strike while the iron's hot, because we're running fresh out of this Congress, right out of this Congress, and may not have the majority. It's kind of a brutal little reminder that uh, yeah, there are consequences. You know, we, we've been we've been we've been kind of consoling ourselves and saying, "Oh well, you know, if it's only one or two, but as as, as Joy and Ann Arbor said." They will do the same evil shit with a one-person majority that they would do if they had a hundred. Because they're they're evil and will call it good. Yeah, and so uh, if somebody's going to call for his impeachment, uh, they need to get on the floor of the house and call for it like yesterday. You know, because the election's over. Yeah. Um. I think in those texts and emails, you're going to find that uh, old Clarence wasn't nearly as quiet around his wife as she would like everyone to think. Because it doesn't make any sense to me that he's not actively advising them. Of course, most of these people are smart enough not to mention him by name. But I find it curious that he goes for 10 years without saying a goddamn word on the bench. And then the moment a big abortion case comes around, he's all up on it and he's... shouting down other justices and he's grilling the lawyers and he's saying I mean I listened to some of the Dobbs argument and Robin he was more animated than Bugs Bunny Jesus he was he was getting his rocks off sorry for ruining dinner people But uh, he was, I honestly believe the man was getting sexually aroused. Ew, ew, ew. There went Billable Rick's midday snack. (laughs) Yeah. Warning. Saving the blinds on the horn. Warning. (laughs) 
Yeah, you, you've done this a couple of times now. We're going to have to have a talk. <laughs> ah, you're breaking up, Dave. I'm going to be spending Thanksgiving at Christine's Blind. Oh, I hope you'll have a lovely Thanksgiving. Oh, we are. I mean, we've got the grocery list all set. We're ready to go. Uh, I'm going to go over there Wednesday. We're going to cook the dinner. And I'm making a, a version of stroganoff instead of uh, beef. We're using uh, leftover pork. And the um, little, we're going to use some of the pork gravy from the roast and mushrooms and all the rest of it. And I found out that originally stroganoff was served on mashed potatoes. So we're going to this all over garlic mashed potatoes. Oh, those will be and so I good. Have a feeling, I have a feeling it's going to be one for the books. I hope you know so. I hope so. I do. I do. And and uh, just to give you a heads up, if things work out, I'm not sure it will, but if it does, Chris and I will be calling the program on Wednesday night just to say hi and happy Thanksgiving. Oh, that'll be lovely. Oh uh, so, wait, uh, not this, not this Wednesday, right? No, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah, I was just because uh, th- not there's, the day after tomorrow. Yeah, there's a, a week from. I've got it. Well, I've, I've got a I, right. I've got a program announcement that I had neglected at the beginning of the program. Um, uh, no show on Wednesday. I have to be. I have to be away from the studio, so uh, we'll take a miss on Wednesday. But that's this Wednesday, right. not the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. All right. Now, will you will you be off the air on Thanksgiving? Um, haven't decided yet. Maybe. Or, or, or is that sort of a game time? Um, yeah, it kind it, it, it kind of is because in the past I have been known to actually do a show on Thanksgiving. I know. I've been there. I know. Um. But, uh, yeah, everybody have a. If it doesn't work out to where I can call in on Wednesday, everybody have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Please. Billable, I promise I will try not to ruin any snacks or meals for you. As a Thanksgiving. That would be a blessed respite for Thanksgiving Eve. Yes. Yes. So I will. I will. I will try. It will be. Uh, it, it will I, be I will among be, among other things. It will be. Um, it will be Junie's first Thanksgiving. Of course, she's a little too. Yeah. She's a little little too tiny for mashed potatoes and gravy yet. But you know. Oh, well, give her time. That's the time she starts getting teeth in. That's, oh, she's a, she, 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 she is such a hungry, good-eating little pumpkin. I mean, 
and and she's kind of she's she's kind of persistent about it. It's it's gotten it's well, gotten it's gotten really cute. I mean, she she will tell her mama in no uncertain terms when it is supper time and lunchtime and breakfast time. <laughs> And the little and the little and the little and the little sweet pea loves her some sweet potatoes and squash. She loves bananas. She loves sweet potatoes and she loves squash. Well, that's fine. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's and, and I mean she she gobbles it up. I mean she'll lean to the spoon. It's so sweet. Oh. Um. Well, you know what's going to be even sweeter is when Christmas comes around. That first Christmas is always the big special one. Oh. We were going through my mom's. We were going through my mom's things after she died, and we found a box of old uh, Christmas decorations. Do you know she had? Uh, all of our. For each of us kids, she had a, a first Christmas bulb that always went on the tree. And my all three of us had our bulb, and it was still there. And uh, my bulb was from the Christmas of 1965. So it is ancient and delicate, and oh, my God. But yeah, that that first Christmas is always. I remember the Christmas of nineteen seventy, which was my brother's first Christmas, and Mom pulled out even more stops than she normally did for Christmas, and Christmas was always her big holiday. And the fact that she died, you know, on the fifth day of the Christmas season. We found the appropriate. So every year since, I've sung the 12 days of Christmas, but when I get to the uh, five golden rings, it's mom's gold rings. Yeah. So, um, and I've even got a Christmas ringtone on my phone right now. As a general tone, I've got the uh, a little snippet of uh, the Carol of the Bells. So I'm getting into the spirit a little early this year. Um, but everybody, please have a have a safe, warm, and enjoyable Thanksgiving. And if your crazy uncle gives you any shit, knock him flat. Yeah, send him. Just send. Yeah, send him. Send him off to burble his maggot burbling down at the corner of the bar. Yeah, why not? Well, yeah, uh, you know, like, hey, Uncle Frank, it's time for you to take a nap. Dinner's over. We'll have pie later. Oh, oh you know, and I'm so, I'm so, I'm, I'm so, I'm so excited because uh, uh, my son's lovely fiance has never had uh, has never had my my dressing. Which, yeah, which while a very simple recipe is just plain magic, and mm, the gravy and the 
She went out and got the turkey. So we're ready to go with that. I don't know if she's ever had sweet potato croquettes. Two years ago, I actually finally tried uh, giblet gravy. And I can't eat liver. I never have been able to eat liver, even in small amounts. But I tried it. It was tasty, but not something I personally would run across the street for. But uh, some friends of ours had a diner, and every Thanksgiving, they opened the diner up for Thanksgiving dinner for people who just want to come in and they don't want to cook. They have the turkey and the beans and the corn and the but uh, I asked Christine if she wants, she doesn't want any dessert. But we're having, uh, along with the pork roast, with the uh, with the uh, apple pie filling over the top of it. We're having macaroni and cheese. Of course. We're having we're having mashed potatoes. And Christine absolutely adores broccoli. So we're going to be doing some some broccoli for her. And I, I like it too. But we're going we're going to have this and we're gonna have it all cooked. And, and, and ready to go. I'm getting a turkey baster so I can get the juice out of the slow cooker to make the gravy. Be careful. Be careful. I have I have scalded myself on a number of occasions with tur- turkey basters. And, and stop it. Well, Every last uh, one of you. Stop it right now. No, it's just you think you, you, you think that it's going to hold in a vacuum, but it doesn't necessarily, and it will run. And it can be painful. Right. Well, I... I'm used to, it, it's a large eyedropper, basically. I know how to handle some rather nasty. See, when I go to, um, when I'm, when I go to make our Thanksgiving gravy, I take the goodie packet out of the turkey and, and I mince up all the parts very fine, except for the neck. Right. And I put the neck in there with it and just let it simmer forever and just keep adding water and letting it simmer down, keep adding water so that you get this concentrated turkey broth. And then you make your cream well, gravy. I'm going to have to take it out before we before we add the uh, the pie filling because some, I'm going to make extra gravy uh, for the for the pork and all, uh, for, the, for the next day. I'm actually buying a little extra pork set aside just for that. Yummy. Because with a pork butt and it being Thanksgiving, Christine and I, even with just the two of us, there might not be enough left to actually make the dish by itself. Mm-hmm. But the upshot, the upshot of that is anything that I buy that I don't use, I can bring home here to my blind and cook up later. So, it's 
so it works. I'm just, I've been saving all month for this. I've been watching my nickels and dimes. Oh, Dave, it's gonna and, be it's gonna uh, be a wonderful dinner for you and Christine. We're celebrating. I mean, she has made so much progress. God, there's a lot so to celebrate, and that's there. Yeah, there's a lot to celebrate, and that's you know the. Thanksgiving and the Thanksgiving and Independence Day are my two favorite holidays because they're about as secular as you can get and have it be a holiday. I mean, Thanksgiving is about yeah. celebrating the, 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 the blessed joy of family and Independence Day is about celebrating the blessed joy of living in a country where you don't where there's no state religion. <sighs> At least that's the way and I we, see it. And when on the country's birthday, you can dress up like an absolute idiot. Nobody will make fun of you. Oh, dear. I got out in front of that one too quick. I just got a note from Brendan. Uh, well, Miss Robin, well, you sure put a stop to my turkey-baster gutter snipe remark. Peace, lady. I get it. I, with this bunch, I got to be proactive. I mean, Friday. Well, Dear God, Friday! Oh my! You're you're lucky. I'm on good behavior right now, uh, because you know normally I I bring my blue material to the program occasionally. So yeah, I, when you mentioned that, I had my own issues with turkey baster. I'm like, I'm not going to say it. Why? Well, that, that's why I caught myself. I, I gotta watch every word now. I mean, I got called a whore and a slut on the program last Friday. I mean, Jesus! Uh, oh wow, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to listen to last Friday's program in, it, well, in very loving terms, mind you. But oh, she's not a whore; she's a slut. What? Uh, <laughs> oh, by the way, um, I'm very happy to announce that we have heard from Scary Jerry. Good. Uh, I got. Out? I got a. Um, I got an enigmatic mes- message, which I I understood. Just single, just okay. a single subject line. Scary Jerry writing. My God, it's full of stars. <laughs> you know where that comes from? Uh, no. That's from 2001, A Space Odyssey, at the moment where Dave enters the monolith. I should have known that. People have been making, making 2001 uh, references. That's, to me, since the uh, film came out, you know, Dave. We can't let you do well, that, I think it came in. I think it came in while you were on while, while we were talking because you know Dave. So yeah, I'm sorry, right. Dave. Uh, and uh, uh, Scary Jerry continued and said, "I'm hiring trans actresses for a pet detective reboot. <laughs> Talk about it. We'll call in soon. Oh, I want to hear about this one. This one for, should be for the ages." <laughs> hey, have you heard from Reggie lately? Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, I'm beginning to get worried about it. Reggie, you know, if, you, if you're okay, let Robin know. Yeah. We get kind of worried. You know, people. Yeah, we do. We do. 
but uh, yeah, uh, that that's going to be my Thanksgiving plans. And oh God, I've been waiting for. I've been planning this for two months, Robin. I mean, I I go. I, I'm not as bad as my mother. God help me if I ever do get that bad. Uh, my sister is that bad. So and we thought we were going to uh, go to my sister's for dinner. And my brother's going to be in Amsterdam. His company is sending him there for training over the Thanksgiving holiday. Lucky Gee, Thanksgiving. thanks, corporate America. Yeah, well, it was either that or they were going to send him to Poland or they were going to send him to the United Kingdom uh, or, uh, let's see, there was a fourth one. But I warned him if they sent him to Poland to be careful about what direction he walks, otherwise he'd walk into the middle of a war. Not uh, wrong. Although I, I did see... A, a Veterans Day message from President Zelensky uh, thanking the Americans who had supported him, the Americans who were fighting alongside Ukrainians. And I thought it was a very well done message. It was it was delivered after the election, and I think that support for Ukraine also had a part to play in this election because the Republicans were grunting and hooting and hollering about nothing, cutting aid and making a switch side. You know, if they want to worship Vladimir, let them move to Russia. But then again, they worship Nero, so... I, I don't know. Um, I, 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 you know, they're they're praying and singing down there in, in um, Arizona. Do you think we'll get a rousing rendition of the Trump Hallelujah chorus? I'm rather hoping not. I hope not, too. I mean, that would be kind of jarring. And, uh, you know, I am going to be visited by the ghost of uh, George F. Handel. uh, Dave, you are not funny. (laughs) I'm definitely going to get get haunted this evening. Uh, So... I'll talk. Uh, hopefully, I'll talk to you, Lindsay. But if I don't, have a have a great Thanksgiving, Robin. Well, I hope you do, and please give my best to Christine. Um, I will. And uh, oh, by the way, she's keeping her blind. She's not moving. Oh, she's not. She's staying. Too she's much. staying in the trailer. Well, that's a lot of hassle. Yeah, that's what she thinks. She's afraid they're gonna they're going to throw her out at the end of the lease. And I said they're not going to throw you out. And she goes, "Why?" I said, "Christine, 
a month ago, you paid them $3,000 in cash up front. They're not going to throw you out. You're the one they want to keep because you pay ahead. Yeah, so. get good spendable cash, right. Oh, and uh, uh, Jude says, enjoy the journey, Dave. And by the way, Jude updated me. Um, Billable Rick has been up in her neck of the woods, and uh, Billable and his son Brian went up to Mount Rainier. And oh, Jude, Jude sent me a picture of I, I him. Used from, to live, I used to live in Seattle. So I here. It's a beautiful mountain. It's kind of wild to see him standing it's on it. Better. See him standing on, amongst all that snow. Bet it's a little. Oh, bit, I bet yeah. it's a little bit there weird for the both of them. There are ice caves on the summit. Now, I don't know if they allow people to go into them with climate change and all, but back when I was a kid, they were allowing people to go into those ice caves on a very limited basis, you know. But, um, but yeah, there are, there are ice caves in that glacier on top of the mountain. On top of the mountain. That's assuming the glacier will be there in 50 years. Um, thousands of years to build, a couple of centuries to destroy. Colograms. You know, these guys would sell their planet for a quarter extra on the dividend next quarter. But let me go before I, I get too maudlin here. So I'll I'll talk, hopefully talk to you next week. All right, Dave, you take care. Give our best to Christine, okay? I will. All right. Bye. Bye, Dan. My buddy Dave in the blind with some lovely Thanksgiving plans. I just love that. Um. That was pleasant. Now let's go back into the swamp. Reminder, no program on Wednesday. Um, as we move toward the end of the program, and wow, this is another three hours that flew by. A reminder, we're at 830 bucks to go. Uh, No, we are not starting. I'm not. I'm not going. To, I'm not starting this fight with you again, Asa. It is not stuffing. It is dressing, and stuffing the bird with perfectly good dressing is disgusting. Never mind whether it's cooked to temperature or you get sick. It's disgusting. Ew. Ew. It bakes around the bird and in a separate pan because you always have to make extra. Because it goes fa it goes first and fast. Uh, some uh, an update coming from uh, Lee in New York on Arizona. Um, Katie Hobbs has gone up fifty point six percent to uh, Carrie Lake's forty nine point four, so that puts her above the one percent threshold. Yay! Ah, oh, gee, Carrie, I hope it doesn't hurt too little. Maggot trash. And some good news. Uh, thank you, Mark, uh, in, in uh, 
Florida, you know, behind the behind the citrus curtain down there with Monkey Up. Thank you, Mark. Um, big news coming out of the Senate. Tammy Baldwin, Democrat from Wisconsin, uh, recently tweeted, The Respect for Marriage Act will protect marriage equality and ensure individuals in same-sex and interracial marriages are guaranteed the same rights and freedoms as every other marriage. We're going to get this done for loving families across America. In short, um, one source close to the negotiations in the Senate tells Huffington Post, we have the votes, which means they have 60 votes. They have 60 votes in, in the Senate to protect marriage. And that's exciting. And the thing is, because they're using the original bill that Democrats passed in the House, then they're just going to make some tweaks. All the House has to do is agree to the changes, and they don't have to go through the full conference committee foo-fraw. So this will happen. There are three people who are on the bill as Republican, as Republican supporters. That means there are seven who are not, uh, who are not public. Not out. I, uh, the three who are who are public who are publicly supporting it. Two of them ain't coming back. Um, one of them is Tom Tillis. The other is Rob Portman, North Carolina and Ohio, respectively. And the third is of all people, Susan Collins, getting something right for a change. I'm guessing probably. Unannounced, but maybe there, Lisa Murkowski. So that would be four. I don't know who the other six Republicans would be, but they have, they say, 60 votes to overcome the filibuster and get this passed. Which must mean then that Joe to the Mansion Born and Kirsten Curtsy Cinema, again, we're referring to them from now on as the Chaos Muppets. Um, must be on board too. So that's some of the best news we've had in ages. That's fantastic news. Uh, Moscow Mitch, of course. Uh, you'll know what my vote is when I cast it. Whoa. Thanks for sending that, Mark. That's beautiful news. Genuinely beautiful news. And speaking of Moscow Mitch, I mentioned earlier the call for a delay in the GOP leadership elections in the Senate. Also piling on is uh, uh, Marco Rubio. The Senate GOP leadership vote next week should be postponed. First, we need to make sure that those who want to lead us are genuinely committed to fighting for the priorities and values of the working Americans of every background who gave us big wins in state like, states like Florida and big losses in states like Michigan, dumbass. And uh, uh, Josh Holland asked, said, I don't know why Senate GOP would hold a leadership vote for the next Congress before this election's finished. 
Ah, the long knives are coming out for Moscow Mitch. And uh, uh, Rick Skeletor Scott, who I was reminded via Twitter last Friday, um, committed massive welfare fraud, Medicare fraud, Medicaid fraud, and walked away from it to the tune of like $35 million, the biggest case in American history, while Andrew Gillum is being prosecuted for accepting tickets to Hamilton. Hey. Yeah. He was feeling like a BSD before the election. He predicted that the Senate would pick up five seats. Oops. Yeah. And uh maybe maybe he's thinking he's uh Senate majority leader material. He thinks he's presidential timber. Oof. And uh yeah, yeah. Ralph says yay for Tammy Baldwin, my old senator. And uh Jude said, Mark, we anticipate you calling in soon. Jude wants to hear from you, Mark. We all do. We enjoy your calls. And just on the way out the door, since we were talking about uh, Clarence Pubes on the Coke can Fappy Thomas a few minutes ago, well, we've had an Amy COVID Barrett sighting, the handmaid. Oh, look at her. No, really, don't. Um, she was so excited. Uh, this past Thursday, she spoke to the first annual convention of the Federalist Society. You know, her owners. And Lord God, Billy Bob. There at the Federalist Society, they roared and they clapped and they cheered for the self-hating woman who attacked every woman in this country. God, they're so proud of her. Oh, mercy sakes. And she was happy to be there, too. She said, thank you. It's really nice to have a lot of noise made that's not by protesters outside my house. Because, see, it's so unfair that this woman who attacked every other woman in the country has had to deal with the consequences of shitting on them. Yeah. Wonder if the check cleared. I'm sure there's always an honorarium when you get invited to come and, um, and, 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 and celebrate the harm you've done before the people who pushed you to be able to do that harm. But hey, she told, uh, she told Kelly Ward to give up her cell phone uh, info, so, you know, there we are again. Even a blind hog finds an acorn now and then. Even a, even an atrocious, disgusting handmaid gets one right once in a while. Uh, but then again, it had to do with uh, Kelly Ward's cell phone records and 
not her bodily autonomy, so, you know, she was there for that. Oh, there's an interesting thought. Brother Deacon Asa says, I'll bet you one of those uh, uh, repigs who uh, will, will support the marriage equality bill, I'll bet one of them is was is uh, Miss Lindsay. Oh, I'll take that bet. I will. I'll take that bet. And as to the marriage equality, isn't it amazing that we require congressional action to protect a Supreme Court decision that should be settled law? How do you do? Because they're rushing to... Not now, okay, I'm not going to say that part because that would be shitty. Um, but there ha- the, the Congress is rushing to the extent Congress rushes to protect marriage equality because that self-same Clarence pubes on the Coke can Fappy Thomas has called for Obergefell to be stricken, for Loving versus Virginia to be stricken, for Lawrence to be stricken, for Bostock to be stricken, And for, of course, the sort of grandmother of them all, Griswold, to be stricken. Well, he didn't call for loving to be stricken because, well, he's in an interracial marriage. Oh, well. I hope they really do get it done. And I hope uh, Amy Covid Barrett well maybe maybe she could move her and her weird family into the Federalist Society digs and she'd never have to deal with any consequences to her horrible actions. Ugh. So that's it. That's the program for this evening. Thank you, Deb, for making sure that it was not a goose egg. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we'll knock some of it down tomorrow. Uh, By then it'll be 11.30. Thank you for keeping this program afloat. Thank you to each and every one of our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thank you to each and every one of you who shares your precious finite time engaging in this little program in whatever manner you so choose. Thank you. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Sparky, in the chat room earlier. Never did see if Steve popped in or Roger, but thank you all, too. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head-on.live. Remember, brand-new fresh, fresh Malloy on the way, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. The best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is head-on.live. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Please stay safe, get your boosters, get your flu shot, wipe your surfaces down, help keep RSV from getting a hold on some youngin that you might be near and dear to. 
Wash your hands, don't touch your face, wear your mask when you're among the great maggot unwashed and unvaxxed. Use your hand sanitizer, keep your social distance 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And for heaven's sakes, if uh, somebody comes burbling towards you, uh, it, it, talking about maybe we'll maybe we'll make Tulsa Gabbard the speaker of the house. I ignore that maggot like the plague because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later. <laughs>